You're listening to Paranormal Portal on Revolver Podcasts. Hey guys, it's Don with Paranormal Portal. Here it is, the last part, part three of James Bobo Fay from Bigfoot and Beyond and also Finding Bigfoot. And as always, thanks for joining us. We do appreciate your support. And here we go, the last part of James Bobo Fay in the portal. don't show up on thermal either but they'll show up on night vision scopes usually yeah the orbs are really peculiar to me and i I remember i think it was a monster quest or maybe it was mysteries and monsters and mysteries in in america those people were doing a uh, they were doing some night vision scopes down into a valley below them and they started to get these and and it was generation one night uh, night vision so it should have been all just chroma keyed in green, you know, just different greens. But they, right. they got like blue and in and stuff and and on this right. orb that appeared, and right. they were just perplexed because it didn't make any sense. And they actually went to the manufacturer and said, "How is this footage possible?" And the engineers were like, "That's not possible. That shouldn't be happening." But it recorded a different color for this orb that appeared, and I was just really blown away by that. Never saw that. That's that's really interesting. Yeah, I'll find it and and, and I'll email it to you. Um, I think the clips are still out there uh, online. Once I find it, I'll I'll send it your way. But yeah, uh, it's it's just really intense. That's that is re- I never heard that story. Yeah, it was on one of the TV shows. I can't remember if it's Monsters and Mysteries or if it's one of the other ones. God, you know, there's just a pile of them for a while there. You threw a stick and you'd be hitting the show like that, but. But that was right. that was pretty pretty intense. It's like wow, that this so it was actually having a, a a reaction to the equipment 
to produce, uh, you know, the impossible. And I thought that was incredible. So, but very cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that stuff happens all the time, you know, not all the time, but I mean, you hear stuff like that fairly frequently, like where the engineers are going, that that's not possible, but it's right there. That will, it's possible. (laughs) It's not likely. It may be unlikely, but it's possible. Everything's possible in our next. All right. Now we got another call. This one's coming from, uh, area code seven zero one. You're on the air. Hey, Brent, thank you for taking my call. Uh, Captain Longbeard, thank you. Hey, glad to hear you. I am from North Dakota. Oh, hey. And we have, we have very few Bigfoot sightings in, in our state. I'm just wondering if you can give me any advice on what to look for in North Dakota. I know this. I know there's five hotspot zones in North Dakota. Um, if you look just on Google Satellite Earth, they're the, they're the five biggest green spots on the satellite. But um, I know that the really good action in North Dakota is almost all around Indian reservations. Mm-hmm. And there's there's two in particular that I get a lot of lot of uh, mail from, but I can't say the name. They don't want to be publicly outed much. But um, there's not a lot up there, but where they are, they're, they're around. It's not like out, being out where I live. They could be anywhere. I mean, you can go – literally, you can go throw – you can look 100 miles in any direction, and they could be anywhere in those, you know, hundreds and hundreds of miles. But in North Dakota, it seems like they're they're limited to, like, uh, you know, water, cover, food. And there's, there's less areas like that in North Dakota. So, like, there's less areas you're going to find them, so you can really concentrate in – but if you can find places where there's a lot of a lot of life, just life in general, animal life, or uh, just food sources, you know, like um, where the unglets are, uh, or any kind of, especially cedar. I know in the north they love cedar swamps. That's where they winter. They winter in the cedar swamps. Cedar swamps. What do you mean? Like uh, the cedar trees, they grow real low to the ground. They kind of make real effective wind barriers, and they don't freeze all the way in there underneath them. Like there's water. There's usually springs in there, and um, it, it stays a little more temperate. I mean, it's still freezing, but it's it's warmer than outside of the the groves. Very cool. Very cool. I feel like I'm. Uh... I feel like I, I'm I'm fighting an uphill battle here in North Dakota, so I'm just trying to find all the information I can. Any help I get would be amazing. I would just find out where the animals, where the most concentration of life is. That's where you usually find them too. I mean, like if you talk to a state biologist or something or a ranger that uh, could point in the right direction, like where there's a lot of there's just a lot of uh, food sources. Like where's where's the big game? Where are the big game animals? Where are they all at? congregating well thank you so much for your help i appreciate it yeah good luck i mean i know there's there's not many there's two guys i know they're out in north dakota i don't know their names but i've met them a few times and they're they're on it like they i don't know if they have much of a web presence if at all but um i'm sure you've looked but yeah north dakota there's not a whole lot of people looking up there so it's a good place to look I've looked in the last couple of months and the the websites that I have found seem to be stagnant. They don't, there's nothing really, they don't, they don't respond to anything that I try to post. So 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I you know Minnesota's got sightings. Montana's got sightings. Canada's got sightings. South Dakota's got sightings. I feel like I'm you're on the island fighting of no, an uphill battle. You're on the no squatch zone. <laughs> no, I'm sure they're there. You'll find yeah. them. No, it's like yeah. I should look on Google Earth real quick. I I could probably tell you the name of that one spot. Um. I know when I looked on the um, BFYO website, there was, I think, four sightings. The BFRO? Yeah, but there's no, there's no investigators up there to, yeah. to, to suss them out and no, you know, validate them. Yeah, it's tough. It's very, it's very difficult to really. you know, It's uh, very hard. Maybe you can give these guys your contact info, and if I can... Find something I can send, shoot you some info. Oh sure, or at least yep. someone that's up there. Yep, I, I've I've got his info already. So if you if you email something for him, I'll definitely pass it on. Yeah, what was your name again? I would appreciate that. What's your name? Um, I think Brent has. My name is Joe. Brent has Joe. my info, right? Yep, I think I maybe. got your I got your info. Cool. Okay. Yeah. I'll, 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 I'll hit you up. I would appreciate that. Thank you guys so much for your time, Brent. Your your show is awesome. I appreciate it. Captain Longbeard, we appreciate you. Oh, wow. Bobo, you are amazing. Thank you so much. <laughs> Excellent. Very cool. Good to hear from you, brother. Thank you. All right. Um, we got we got three calls left. I'm I'm kind of in a in a personal dilemma because I got to use the loo. Yeah. So do you mind sticking around just for a, f- a few minute break, Bobo, while I go use the facilities? <laughs> I'm gonna join you, brother. <laughs> All right. So All right. I guess we're taking a break. We're gonna take a quick break, ladies and gentlemen. Don't go away. We'll be back with more of the Paranormal Portal and Mr. Boba Fay in just a moment.
still here. All right, all right. Make sure I got everything unmuted. Oh, I got two of them muted. Okay. All right. So there are we, we back together now? I think we're all back together. All right. Bobo, you're there, right? The band's back together, boys. Hit it. <laughs> Hit it. <laughs> One, two, three, four. All right. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Of course, myself and Don and, and Mr. Bobo, James Bobo Fay is here with us of Finding Bigfoot and the Bigfoot and Beyond podcast where he and Cliff continue to do their thing on the podcast universe uh is also uh, uh they're on the same network we are that's right absolutely all these revolvers representing up in here know what i'm saying oh boy <laughs> yeah yeah thanks to wes wes is the one that hooked us up yeah yeah that's cool yeah same with same with us actually yeah <laughs> wes has done us a favor <laughs> wes, is, wes has thrown us a few bones through the years thank god because uh you may re- he might regret it, but he did it. <laughs> we tried to make him. <laughs> so that's why you showed up for the trivia. I got it now. <laughs> you owed him one. No, I'm just kidding. That's a great show, of course. Obviously, Sasquatch Chronicles is an amazing show. But uh, And uh, he's a personal friend of ours as well, which has been really cool. Um, but we've got more calls. Do you feel like, did we get another one? Oh, that's the same call. Okay, he's just still sitting there on hold. Um, all right, we've got three more calls. So are you ready to take more calls, brother? I'm game. All awesome. right, let's light this up and see what happens. And Don, if anything more comes through the chat, let me know. Yeah, I tried, I'm trying to see him. So. Okay, Don's trying to see him, ladies and gentlemen. Make him in big, pretty, bold letters so he can't miss it. All right, uh, area code 631, you are on the air with us. Oh, 631, Long Island, New York. How you doing, guys? How you doing, Bobo? All right, how are you? Good, good. Um, I have a couple of questions. I won't keep you long because I know it's getting late. But um, I bring my dog out a lot. <clears throat> and uh, I always hear people say that like dogs are affected by Bigfoot. They don't like them around. They they make, they make put the fear of God in dogs. But I see monkey out like on the, you know, when you're on animal planet. And it seems like he, uh, monkey doesn't have much of a effect of, of them being around. So I was just curious on, uh, of your take on that. Yeah, she's she's a freak, but um, I know some dogs that people that have them around, they've never touched their dogs, and I've heard a lot more stories where they've killed all the dogs. Mm. Wow. But yeah. um, I don't know if you've heard me tell this story, but at Bluff Creek one time, when I had my only daytime glimpse, it wasn't even really a setting, it was more just a quick glimpse. I saw one lean out behind a tree. Um, that day when we we went back down the creek, it was 105 degrees that day, and I was so shocked they were out. I think they were shocked we were out too, because usually there's not people out <laughs> hiking when it's like that. Yeah. And the thing, um, the thing. Anyways, later, uh, I saw that one that day. That was about a nine and a half footer, and I saw one a year later, almost the you know exactly almost a year later, saw one again at night right in the exact same spot, and it was small, like 5'10", 6 foot, 220 pounds, something like that. Mm-hmm. And I think it was one of those two, um, because the nine nine and a half footer was real skinny, looked like a teenager or something, but it was just real tall and real thin. But when I came hiking out later that day, a couple hours later, um, beaten brush coming up Bluff Creek and got charged by a bluff charged by a bigfoot in the brush and monkey just shot in the brush after it 
and I thought for sure she was going to get killed. I was screaming for her to come out, yeah. come here. And she's, I could hear her running and doing her kind of play barks. And she came running out in the view a couple times. I'm like, get over here, screaming at her, come here. And she's got her butt down low. You know like how dogs, when they are playing, they'll, they'll drag their butt kind of, and <laughs> like big smile, like tongue hanging out. And they're, Absolutely. You know, so she's, I see her do that a couple times, come running out and go running back in. And I could hear her going right up to that commotion, the big grunting and, breaking branches sounds and she played at the thing for probably 15, 20 seconds before I got her to come back to me. <laughs> and so, I mean, they're, they're like people they have their own personalities, their own trips, you know, some hate dogs and some ignore agreed, them. Agreed. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, is, is monkey still with us by the way? Barely. Oh yeah. I, I, I figured she must be getting on there, but yeah, sorry to hear that. Yeah, she well, we keep thinking she's going to be dead any day. So is the vet. The vet's like, oh, I'll have to come out sometime this week and put her down. And then the next day, she'll be swimming in the ocean, chasing balls. <laughs> she doesn't know she's old. That's the problem. No, uh, she doesn't. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's very cool. But you know, she's been kind of your your co pilot through a lot of this. So maybe she's just oh, desensitized. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so, but she gets a lot of prayers. She gets a lot of. She gets a lot. She gets more fan mail than I get for sure. She gets. <laughs> she gets a ton. Oh, that's cool. That's very cool. All right. Well, thank you for your call, brother. Do you have anything else before you let you go? Just one more. I won't keep him too long, but no, no. Go ahead. I'm a researcher in Long Island, and it's it's basically suburbia. But I have you know small pockets of woods. It's not like they're not all. You know, we have pine barrens that are huge, but. But I have sightings, and I'm starting to get more like brought in, like of other people. Like, thankfully, I don't feel as nuts. But I mean, what are what are your, you know, thoughts? About, you know, Bigfoot being in suburbia, like so close to people. Well, it's it's a fact that they do. I mean, they're seen right on the edges of large population centers, like like in 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 the out in the actually in the outskirts, you know, in suburbs and are the creek ways that, you know, wooded creeks that flow through really habitual, like ha- habitated areas. You know, I'm talking like, you know, houses on quarter acre lots and stuff like that. And they'll, they'll plow through like maybe a half mile into like yeah. suburbia to raid some garden or something, you know, and then jump back in that creek bed and walk behind several hundred houses over like a couple miles and then go back out and just go back up to the woods. Wow. I guess it, yeah, I think yeah. That, that's one of the most surprising things I, I found. Like we, put, we put roads here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's one yeah, of the things we crazy. were really surprised in finding Bigfoot was the places that you wouldn't think they are where they show up. And like, you know, you hear it enough times from different people, you go, okay, that's there's something new to that. But yeah, like Washington State, I know that they come in around the all those suburbs being built outside of Seattle and stuff and those hills out there. There's There's interactions all the time with, you know, people that live like the, they, they're shocked. They, they can't believe it's a Bigfoot because they live in a semi-rural area, but I mean, it's still built up somewhat, you know, like maybe two to five acre parcels and, you know, mostly clear cut and they, they'll be like miles away from the nearest real woods and they're getting visitations every couple of weeks, stuff like that. That's amazing. You know, and we've heard, we've heard stories of, uh, you know, Bigfoot mm-hmm. uh, digging in dumpsters in like Detroit, 
and Chicago area. And so, yeah, they, uh, you know, we get a lot of stories that say they are in suburbia. That is for sure. That's, that's but you can't blame them. I mean, if they are as intelligent as we believe they are, easy hell, easy yeah. Food. I mean, why don't we just walk down this path and hit that mm-hmm. garden, or do you want to <laughs> climb the hill and see if we can find some roots? <laughs> I mean, Mc, like, stopping at McGardens, <laughs> it's like a drive. Yeah. It's like a buffet down yeah. here. The way I look at it is the way I look at it is we we keep ex, we keep expanding. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. You know, we keep moving out towards them, really. So, yeah, you're probably right. That's probably you know, you probably hit it on the head too, and I agree because they probably have generationally been in these areas, and this the suddenly there's houses there too now, and you know, this is probably areas that they were already familiar with through generations. So that's a good point. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I think I think there's more bigfoots now than there was 100, 200 years ago. I'm pretty, I'm pretty, pretty certain just from talking to natives and setting setting records and stuff is that as europeans uh went into like south america asia africa places that had primates monkeys and apes when we wiped out the natives with influenza and smallpox chickenpox and all of that Mm -hmm. the primate populations got decimated as well like they picked up the same diseases so i'm 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 fairly certain the sasquatch got the same diseases that the natives got they died off and now there's there's more of them there's more of us there's more and more interactions yeah, I think so too, and I I think that there's sure. maybe even been a population boom in the last twenty years. You know, it just it seems I don't know. It seems to me because, I, but that could be just because it wasn't too long ago, and I thought they were just in the Pacific Northwest. So, <laughs> so they might, maybe that in my my brain is turning into a, a massive breeding, and all of a sudden they're everywhere. They've already been everywhere. We just didn't know it, or, or at least didn't want to well, acknowledge like, it. Like Massachusetts, though, like they're. That well, we're able, we're for, able to connect. I'm oh, sorry. I was just saying, like Massachusetts is going off. I mean, I've been there like five times. There's stuff happened all five times. I mean, they didn't have anything going 30, 40 years ago. There was, you know, there wasn't yeah. sightings coming from out of there. Wow. Yep. They must be spreading out. What were you going to say, brother? Oh yeah. Was there anything else on the call? Yeah, we're able to connect with each other so much better now, so it's cool too. No, no, I don't. I don't want to keep him all night. Um, it's, oh, okay. it's late here. I don't know where you guys are, but it's all right. I know there's a couple of callers left too, so I really appreciate Bobo and thank you, Paranormal Portal, hey. and uh, thank you guys in the chat. I appreciate you. Thanks for calling in, man. All right. We appreciate you being part of the show too. So thank you, and all of all you right. guys that have called tonight. We've got a, a few more calls, but absolutely. Good night, man. Good night. Okay, everybody, I think it's time we got to take a break, so don't go away, and we'll be right back with more of the Paranormal Portal podcast in just a couple minutes. Hey, guys, Brent Thomas here of the Paranormal Portal podcast. We just wanted to take a moment to introduce you to the Paranormal Portal store. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, leggings, stickers, mugs, you name it, you might find it over there. So head on over to teespring.com slash stores slash paranormal dash portal and you too can help fund the Paranormal Portal podcast. Thank you so much for all that you do and thank you for being a part of our Paranormal Portal family.
All right, everybody, and we're back, and we're back at it here on the Paranormal Portal Podcast. Buckle up. We're going in. Okay, so the next call is coming from Tennessee, and this is area code 423. You're on the air. Hi, it's Treva. Hey, Hi, Treva. Treva. How you doing? Good to, good to hear from you. Can you hear me? We can hear you. <laughs> good. Um, I, I'm so tickled that you're on the show, Bubbo. I have, I, I have a few questions for you. Um, I haven't been into Bigfoot nearly as long or as intently as you have been. And I'm I'm already burning out. It doesn't seem to be anything new coming. What what keeps you going? And and even what I'm wondering too, what's the most recent realization or discovery or find that keeps it fresh mm-hmm. for you? Um I know what you're saying about like there's not any great new evidence that we know of really. But um, knowing that I've seen them and knowing that I've had them on thermals, usually that didn't record, had the capability. And when I did have it recording capability, it didn't work. But knowing that it's possible, and I don't, I don't think they can magically foul up every camera. Like, I don't think they can make every camera quit working, although they do seem to have an effect on electronics in general. But anyways, knowing that I, that I can get that shot is motivating. And um, talking to Doug Heichick, couple weeks ago really got me pumped up all the stuff he's got going with um he's working with gen the international gen gen bank the genome oh yeah like with a register of all dna mm-hmm. yeah they, they got some they've got some interesting mm-hmm. mitochondrial sequences they're working on that's, that's got the that's got the gen bank uh geneticist excited oh, cool. and it, it, he's also working on that yeah, scent but- trying to analyze like pheromones or sense that's in their skin oil and also the oil itself off the skin they think they're going to have a um they're, they're expecting big breakthroughs on that front with the uh, the new supercomputers with their artificial intelligence they're just making scientific breakthrough after scientific breakthrough mm-hmm. like at exponentially fast rates so that they're, they're thinking they're going to have something here pretty pretty soon pretty solid so that that's really inspiring wow it is yeah uh, yeah, that's pretty exciting, actually. <laughs> that's the kind of stuff that I, I really crave and that I think that we really get stuck, you know, because we just can't get any greater evidence, it seems. There's a ton of footage that never makes the light of day, though. Like, I've seen great footage. I mean, not as good as PG, but there's still photos that rival the PG photos and there's lots of video, but people think it's worth way more than it is. They want like a million dollars for it or $10 million for this footage. And they're never going to get it. You know, it's so they're like, just sitting on it. Yeah. Or there's um, people that with really good, excellent game cam photos that just don't want to turn their property into a circus. Yeah. Um, well, that makes sense. Do have you, or do you believe, I don't know if someone asked you previously, but the shimmer or the camouflage, do you think that they can, that that exists with them? Do you believe in the shimmer or the camouflaging? What are you talking the about? Ability like the ability to just. The predator thing? Yeah, like the bending, mm-hmm. the hair that they have the kind of yeah, like polar yeah. bears bend light. 
Yeah, I think they do because they just they're so freaking right. camouflaged. And it, I always wonder about is it just them holding still and just being so still and naturally camouflaged makes them hidden, or can they vibrate? Like, can they, mm. you know, make a hum like at a certain frequency that makes them appear translucent? You know, like, I don't know if that's possible. Physicists say it's possible, but um, it could just be that their hair, the way their hair absorbs light, because a lot of um, the one I, the only glimpse I got in daylight, it kind of had a sheen to it. But I can see how people say like it absorbs light. Like people say like when they see them, like they don't they don't shine like they don't glimmer like they just the light sinks into them and like doesn't reflect usually. Oh. But so yeah, like I don't know. Filament. But they're but um, yeah they're they're definitely I think their best defense is they're super quick. I think they drop to the ground more than most people think. Like when they just drop, and can they they can belly they can they can, they can yeah. crawl like an alligator as fast as you can like a human can do like a quick jog like slow run they can easily go that fast with their stomachs an inch off the ground going on their finger and toe tips wow have have you seen footage of that i've I've really wanted to see that that ground crawling i never have i've never seen them do it i've never seen footage of i don't know i don't know of any footage the only thing i know close to it would be chris knowles Campfire footage from Texas. Christopher Noel. Mm, yeah. Um, he's got, we did a Fighting Bigfoot episode on it where the eyes shines like right up, right off the ground. But no, people, I know good friends of mine have mm. seen it with their own eyes and just say it's the craziest thing you'll ever see because it looks like an alien or doesn't look like any natural I, I've animal. I've heard that as well. Wow. And Bobo, what other cryptids? Do you know or believe exist? I'm totally convinced the thylacine is still alive, which is a different kind of cryptic because we know they were alive up to 100 years ago. The Australian Yeah, me too. I 100% believe that's around. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you put it in a different category, but the orang pendek, which it's not a Sasquatch, but it's a type of orangutan that's still undiscovered. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the sea serpent lake monster mm-hmm. whole thing I think those are um, god I forget what you call them some, uh, when they go in both, both salt and fresh water uh, because what is that the plylocenes no 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 it's like a scientific term for something that goes in brackish oh, waters oh, and gotcha sorry uh, I forget the name of it but like a steelhead or a salmon because wherever those uh Serpents are seen. It's the lakes are usually connected to a a major river to a ocean. Oh, that's right. And they have they have uh, viable salmon populations. And the natives report them seeing these things when the salmon are running. Mm-hmm. So I think I think there's there's some kind of large eel oh. that, that accounts for those serpent sightings. And then I'm sure there's uh, talking to Adam Davies and um, John Kirk. Two British explorers, the um, oh god, I always forget the name. Moku Mbele. Oh, the Michele, the African Michele Mbebe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds like there's. That sounds like it's yeah. real. Yeah, it does. That we 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 talked to Adam about that. About Have you this. heard of like the miniature forest people? So sorry. No, no, you're fine. You're the caller. I got to learn to be quiet. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I, I hear about the little people. Um, that... But 
Go ahead. And do you, and what about Dogman? Do you think that Dogman's part of the Sasquatch family or different? I think it's totally, totally different. And if they are real, I think that, well, it's hard to say. I mean, because I know I'm friends with Dave Paulides too. And like he said, he doesn't, he doesn't even know if even 5% of the people in his book are even due to Sasquatch being disappeared, you know? Mm. So it's, uh, I was like, it was a dog mm-hmm. man, but then you get into the dog man thing, and they, they mostly just seem to like screw with people mentally. Not, I mean, you hear some stories of like ripping some guy's arm open or scratching somebody or whatever, but it seems like they're more just scaring the shit out of you, right? You know, <laughs> yeah, it does, yeah. But I, I think those things are totally, and mostly okay. what I know about well, dog man, it comes from listening to dog man chronicles, so I don't have any great insight that other people, you know, yeah, dog man encounters, you mean, yep. Yeah, what did I say, Doc? Oh, yeah, Dogman Encounters Radio. <laughs> Unless Wes started a new one. <laughs> what, did I, what, did I, what did I call you said, it? You said Dogman Chronicles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I mixed the two, yeah. yeah that's all right. <laughs> Vic Germer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got to get Vic Germer. Oh, God. <laughs> That'd be the old, ultimate show. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, That's hilarious. <laughs> well, thank you for calling in, Treva. It's great to hear from you. All right, Bobo. Well, yes, I I really appreciate your time, Bobo. And you, you've always seen like such a really down-to-earth guy and willing, more willing to listen than a lot of people are. Yeah. And I appreciate well, that's how you, that. That's how you learn. Yep. Very yeah, true, very yeah true. it's true. Yep. All right, guys. Well, I'll see you later, and thank you for taking my call. Oh, our pleasure. Thank you for calling in and being a part of the show. Good night. Good night. Okay, everybody. I think it's time we got to take a break, so don't go away, and we'll be right back with more of the Paranormal Portal podcast in just a couple minutes. everybody and we're back and we're back at it here on the paranormal portal podcast buckle up we're going in all right we got another call here and this is looks like the last one on the board here so we'll get through with this one and then we'll close it down but this is area code 832 here on the air hello hi welcome to the show hello hello are you there? Hey, Brent. It's me, Ethan. Hey, you, Ethan. How you doing, bro? Yes. All right. Good deal. There's a little bit of lag, so it's just be uh, be patient with it. Uh, it's hard to figure out when we're supposed to talk and when not to talk, but but we'll get there. But welcome to the show, buddy. Thanks, Brent. I only have one question for Bobo, and then I'm off. Okay. Go ahead. So, Bobo. So Bobo, yeah. What is the most oddest? What is the one encounter that you are still baffled about? One that you're still trying to put two and two together. Um, for me, it would be probably the time when I was up outside of Orleans, California. It's uh, 
where you go up, it's where you turn up off the highway to go up to Bluff Creek to the Patterson Glen film site. Um, on the other side of the Klamath River, I was there with the guy that moved up into this property that had been abandoned for 11 years. And it's where Peter Byrne, if you know Peter Byrne, is the old Bigfoot researcher, it's where he found the Sasquatch nest up this Red Cap Creek. My buddy had the last property on Red Cap Creek, and he moved in out there, and he started telling me, like, weird stuff going on. He thought it was haunted. He thought the Indians were screwing with them, and then he said the bears were throwing sticks at them. And oh. it turned out it was total Sasquatch activity going on right in this guy's <laughs> lap. And I went out there with him, and one of the first days I went out there, we heard him. We heard one walking up, um, you know, could hear it kind of grunting and huffing and, you know, it, it just walked up behind this big bush. It was, uh, we were in the off trail, but still on his property, just a hundred yards from the house. It's a real steep embankment. There's a thick bush between us. We could hear this thing walking back and forth. I said, dude, it's back there. And I, I'd brought two video cameras. I gave him one. I had one. I said, when we, we jump around this bush. It, it, one of us is going to get it on camera, if not both. It's right there because we can hear it breathing. Uh-huh. I said, "All right, on three, we're going to run around this bush. Start, okay, start, start, hit record now. We're going to run around and get it." We we both ran around the bush, and there was nothing there. Oh my god! Yeah, no, that was like broad daylight. Um, we, I mean, we could hear we could hear it walking up the hill. Stopped, you know, ten, twelve feet from us on the other side of the bush. It was pacing back and forth, and you could feel the ground shake when its foot went down. I mean, it was right there, and we ran around, and it was just there was nothing there. That's intense. Wow. Yeah, it was weird. Did you hear it like walk away as well, or did it just the sound just stop as soon as you grounded that? The sound just stopped. Oh. There was one other time actually, the same bush later on. Well, we found out that's where they were taking they were taking the trash because this place had been abandoned for eleven years and they were cleaning it up. Him and his girlfriend, mm-hmm. and uh, the trash was getting take the trash bags were disappearing. And then I tracked them down to where they were going. They were going underneath that big bush. It was one of those bushes that's shaped kind of like a big marshmallow, and underneath you can hollow it out uh-huh. so you can't see into it. But like you you can step under it, you can stand up, and it's this huge like room. And it, the way it, and I see this with they're kind of like autistic you know, kind of like the way they organize things by like patterns and oh. colors and texture mm-hmm. and everything was separated in these weird piles. And it was totally like what a, exactly like what, what, when you see Bigfoot do stuff like that, it's exactly what this was. And of course all the edible stuff is what they were looking for. <laughs> and, um, I was, I went back to another time. The thing walked up the trail where I was on the other side. I had a video camera going. I was on the phone with Dr. Meldrum right then this was, I think, in 2002, I think. Uh-huh. And I I, uh, I said, Jeff, it's right there. And you just hear this huge branch break, crack, just snap. And then the thing runs down the trail, back down the hill. And you can hear the foot slaps. And you can hear the actual, the double-jointed foot. You can hear, like, the slap, not just slap. It was slap, 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 because wow. their foot's so flexible. Wow. And Meldrum actually, he actually heard it. He said, Wow, he's like, I can't believe I, if that was a Bigfoot, that's what I'd expect to hear. Like, he, he never thought about that, but that's right. that's what you heard was the double slap of like a flexible foot. That is crazy. Wow. Very yeah. Cool. Very cool. Well, thank you, Ethan, for calling in. Ethan? Thanks, Brent, and thanks, Bobo. Yeah, have a good night, Ethan. All right, I'm here. You. Okay, good night, buddy.
Good luck. Okay. And to all my and good night and to all the chatters. Hashtag love Bobo. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Good night, Ethan. Okay, we we do have one more call. I thought it was uh, I thought it was the other caller, and I've been skipping over it. But I was like, wow, he's really hanging out listening. But let's get to this, and this is area code seven zero one. I think I got you now. Do I got you? Hello, my brothers from the same mother earth. <laughs> Wonderful, fantastic, and very interesting guest tonight. Thanks. I, I found them all by myself. Oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> What's on your mind tonight, Naysay? Well, I have uh, three questions. First question, um, do you think there would be a different capturing of footage if we were using old school videotape or negative film instead of digital? Oh, good question. Uh, I was just going to say the problem with um, when I was talking about all the footage that's out there, the problem is it's all digital, and digital sucks for analyzing. You know, I mean, you can, it just gets pixelated. Like if we had film, that's the whole beauty of the PG film is you can work with it because it's film. Mm-hmm. But digital, it's just you're just dealing with pixels, so there's only so much you can do. That's a good point. Yeah, I hadn't considered that before. Naysay, nice job. Good question. And the the second question is, have you um, been able to experience anything near the Ohio River Valley Snake Mound or Serpent Mound? I guess we were near there, like, well, 10 miles from one or something. One night we had some knocks, but I, I've never actually been. No, I've never done it around those places. But that does if, seem if to If I be- could humbly suggest... Go ahead, Nancy. No. Go ahead. If if I could humbly suggest, if you really scrutinize the actual equinox and the solstice, and if you can be there during those specific time periods, and I'm not talking about the calendar dates, but when you actually look at sunrise and sunset, because uh, as an enrolled Anishinaabe, there's rumors you know, on the powwow circuit or at ceremonies, when we talk about these creatures or entities of the woods, and it brings up my third question, um, from personal knowledge myself, have you heard of anything on the Red Lake Reservation in northern Minnesota? Yes. There's weird stuff going on up there, and it sounds like it sounds like they got Sasquatch and Dogman up there, from what I've heard. Ooh. Well, yeah. Well, I've I've talked to Brent about this before. There's some elders that I've talked to a couple times that I've tried to encourage, you know, to come forthright, and I don't, I don't quite understand, even though I do know the history of the Anishinaabe people, of why some of these elders don't come up with more specifics of these more or less brothers and sisters of the forest.
Are you asking me? Yes, if you had any more insight on it, because I've, I've been stretching my brain, even though when you hear some of these stories from the elders, and it's like, well, why don't you, you know, why don't you share some of these more, especially if they can specifically, you know, say, yeah, if you go to one example, the lost 40 acres in northern Minnesota, you know, but even on my reservation, the White Earth Reservation, if you go to the east, um, the southeast corner there, and for that gentleman who lives in North Dakota, if you look up that Turtle Mountain, Devil's yeah. Lake, and up along the Red River Valley. Mm. That's really cool. I was just gonna I was just gonna say those are two of the names I could say that I know aren't like hidden. But yeah, Turtle Mountain, that's like that super sacred spot for all those tribes around there. But yeah, they have them on the west. I know the west part of Turtle Mountain has them and the I think there's an uh, air lake or near near Devil's Lake. There's some other lakes that still have a lot of action going on. But yeah, it's one of those devil named spots. Like as everyone knows, a lot of those places named like Devil Ridge, Devil Canyon, is about Bigfoot. Yeah. Well, I won't keep you up any any later. But thank you so much. Great great guests and hopefully uh, you come back again and share your experiences. Miigwech. Ape Gish, Bimad, Ziwewewen. Love you, Donnie. Good night, Naysay. Thanks for calling, brother. Um, uh, now, there was a couple other questions in the chat, one of which was uh, from a listener who was saying, is there anything more about the clever fellows talking with the, the, the Yowies? They found that really interested and wondered if there was anything more to that to those discussions that were going on when you were over in Australia. Um, just that he had a couple ongoing discussions about showing themselves and that would protect whatever habitat that they want to protect it would be protected the next day. Mm-hmm. And they just said it always ended up with we can't do that. We we cannot do that. Oh, okay. That's really cool. I, I you know, I've heard um through uh, a friend of mine has a show. Uh, they're actually the owners of TFR Network, but they have a show called Beyond the Veil, and they they were uh-huh. they were actually interviewing uh, somebody who was working with some of the clever men over there, and they were talking about that. How when one of the when the initiates initiates was having problems, and he was on the whole other end of Australia, and he was going to travel over and see his clever man friend, but uh, when he got there, the clever man said, "Yep, I told you you shouldn't have been doing that. You should have been doing it this way." And the guy was absolutely floored. And he said, how could you possibly know? There was, there was some ceremonial thing he was trying to do, but he was doing it wrong. And he didn't do the cleansing or something appropriately at the beginning. And by the time he arrived there, the clever man knew and said that he heard it from a kangaroo who had you know, right. yeah, had heard it from you know all this whole chain. It's like there's this network these guys can tap into that is just amazing. It, it it it's real. I've seen it. it yeah, it's really truly a reality that these guys can do these things, and it's um, just mind blowing. Yeah, it's like literally Doctor Doolittle kind of stuff. Like they're having, they're able to get you know information, dialogue, and and I don't know. It's just it opens up when you, that's the stuff that I love about this show is just seeing how amazingly big and beautiful 
our reality really is other than the three dimensions and, you know, our manicured lawns and stuff. Like there's a whole lot of stuff going out there that is just cook your bacon. And, and I love it. I love that about this. Um, the other question that came up in the chat that uh, was asked by one of our moderators is, um, how, she, I don't know if she was in here right away when you came in, but um, how did this get to be on your radar? Now, you said you had seen the PG film at an early age and were very intrigued, but um, was there anything else that really pulled you into this walk? PG started then getting like uh, John Green's book and Ivan Sanderson and like the few books that were available back then. I was a good reader when I was little. I had pretty good reading comprehension. So I was reading like adult books in kindergarten and the reading those books and seeing those specials and mysterious monsters and boggy Creek and all that stuff as a little kid, it just, just grabs you, you know, (laughs) I still have not seen boggy Creek yet. What I, I know, I'm, I know it's something wrong with me, but I gotta, I gotta actually watch that one because I'm wearing yourself, the shirt. I got the shirt on right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll check it out. I promise. For the next time we talk, I'll, I'll have watched Boggy Creek. Now, is that really based on true accounts, or is that really? Oh uh, yeah, like how true? True, true. Oh really? So like, it's not like all kinds of exaggerations and dramatizations. What you see in that movie is pretty fair representation of the facts. Yeah, you know what? There's a great book I highly recommend. It's by Lyle Blackburn. Okay. I think it's called The Return of the Beast to Boggy Creek or Return of the So anyways, it's Lyle Blackburn and he does he's a he's not like a Bigfoot guy that wrote a book. He's a sure. writer that loves Bigfoot and paranormal stuff. Yeah, isn't he a cryptozoologist too or or at least he yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But I mean, there's a lot of cryptozoologists that write books and they're not great writers, but he's a great writer <laughs> and Cryptozoologist, same like uh, yeah, he he wrote he wrote the the Bible on on what happened down there, and I recommend if you have any interested Boggy Creek, it's a great read. Okay, cool, very cool, excellent, excellent. You know, there was one other question that just popped into my head that somebody asked: Have you ever used lidar when you've been out uh, uh, doing these? Is lidar the is that the stuff that picks up blood? I don't know. What is LIDAR? It's, or is that, is that the is ground, it, ground radar? Let me let me look it up. It is a radar. Uh, light. Is it ground penetrating radar? It is a method for measuring distance ranging, uh, a, a, a method for measuring distances by illuminating a target with a laser light and measuring the reflection of a sensor. Um, so, huh. oh, you know what? Uh, this is related to like the, um, the, um, uh, infra, uh, not infrared, um, when you were infrasound. talking, no, this is when you were talking about the night vision. So it's, 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 it's similar to a night vision in that sense. And so what it does is it picks up, um, it picks up different heat signatures, but it it maps it a little differently. So, um, I guess the answer though, I'm going to guess is no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, is there any any technologies or anything that's emerging right now that you think might really turn the corner on us being able to find these things, or have you heard anything? I think just with the cheaper, better cameras, smaller cameras and batteries, mm-hmm. and like you know, really small and weatherproof stuff like that. I think that's going to have a lot of uh, advantage. And then Sony makes this one camera. They're about 90 grand. I got to check one out and it's amazing. It did nighttime is daytime. Like it's not like those 
old Western movies where they just oh. mute it real dark, you know, in daytime. It's yeah. it's it's way better than that. I mean, you're seeing in full color daylight. It's it's amazing. They also have those other ones that, and some of the cars have them to a small degree built into their safety systems is the overlay of night vision with thermal imaging. Oh, wow. Okay. It, and you get like, it's it's like looking at a color film with heat signature. Oh, that's cool. Like overlapping it, it's it's pretty ama- it's pretty freaking amazing. Yeah, I mean, I got to tell you, when I first heard that FLIR was coming out and being used, and, and I saw you guys doing a lot with FLIR, uh, you know, being being able to use some pretty cool stuff as far as your research uh, on the show, that was really exciting, and I thought it would make a huge, you know, game changing, uh, move for the, for the whole research and, and for investigating this. But, um, I, I the only there's, I, I wish I could see that footage that you had seen of that, that big one, be, you know, behind the bull, the huge, huge one. But, um, who's, oh, it, man. who's it down in Florida? Stacy, Stacy Brown, Brown. Stacy Brown, that footage he caught of them crossing that, that one crossing those two trees up there. And you did the recreation and you were a lot smaller. That was impressive. That- that 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 is by far the best thermal clip because you get to see the size. Yeah. But what I saw what I saw blew his away. Oh yeah, I bet. <laughs> it's like size, detail. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, his was just you know black and white. I I saw the one I saw was full color spectrum. Oh man, yeah. And it was a much better unit. I mean, he had the he had the Scout too. You know. Think, oh sure. What is that? One eighty by. 240 resolution or something like that i think it is yeah and the one the one i was looking through was like uh 640 by 480 oh wow yeah that would have been nice with a, with a good lens on it with a really good lens oh that's sweet but i know that 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 still even though you know his his resolution wasn't great it was still you could tell that that wasn't just oh, a yeah. person the, the arm length the reach on that was just incredible Look at the hand. Yes. Yes. If you guys aren't familiar with that, go out on go on YouTube and look for the I don't know what the best way to search for it. Is it Stacy Brown uh, Fl- uh Night Vision or Yeah. 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 And you know, and Fleer, they were good to us, whatever they I mean the stuff we had by the end of the show was pretty beat up and broken all the time, but <laughs> they were cool to us for sure. But I gotta say, the new pulsar, um, their thermal equipment blows Fleer out. Oh really? Yeah, it's for the price for your it's better quality and it's half the price for the similar oh. quality similar items of flare oh, and there's they got you can uh set it up you can set up they get they, they make uh rifle scopes too that also record and have audio and video and um it's just you can set it up and watch it on a computer screen like you know back in camp set the thing up on the wood line mm-hmm. and monitor it bluetooth Oh, cool! And yeah. they're really lightweight, and they're really—they have range finders. The scope ones have built-in range finders, so you can see how exactly how far it is and how big it is, what you're looking at, and wow, um, high quality, good resolution, long battery life. I mean, you can get it—you can get a top-of-the-line unit. Well, not the top-of-the-line stuff's like five to eight grand, but they have really, really good stuff for like twenty-three hundred to thirty-five hundred. Oh man, that's all right. That's that's not bad for the price points, but I, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, if you were buying Fleer ten years ago, it was seventy grand for one of those ones that you can pick up for like seven, eight grand now. <laughs> it's 
kind of like the VCR when they first came out too. They were like a house payment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. No, man. I know we've we've kept you long. One quick question, just yes or no. I'm curious what your thoughts are. Can they see can they see infrared? Undoubtedly. Okay. I'm hundred hundred percent convinced of that. I guess some of the real high frequency they supposedly can't, but okay. They detect the cameras. They definitely detect the game cameras, and you can see like on the pancake footage that MoneyMaker got in Kentucky, mm-hmm. the thing sits out of the infrared beam. Like the the ones that are even on infrared cameras usually avoid the 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 bright spot of the beam, like they're on the periphery of it. Oh, okay. Well, brother, it's been a magical journey. Thank you so much. Thanks for making this work, and uh, I'm glad you got your your tech stuff sorted out and were able to connect with us because this yeah. this wouldn't have been a quarter of the show without you. It's, it's been we've done three hours. Have we really? Yeah. Oh wow. It's 10 o'clock. Jesus. It's wow. ten o'clock. It is. Oh, wow. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to keep you so long. I hope you're okay. Um, it's fine, man. You guys are cool. It's a fun time. Well, I hope you'll come back again and we can do this again. That would be wonderful. Yeah, you got all my good stories out of me, but yeah, I can come back sometime. <laughs> well, we still got a lot of listeners that probably have tons of questions, so right. we'll bring you back. If, you, if you'll come back and, and be a part of it again, that'd be great. But thank you so much, brother. And, uh, you know, I, I hope, uh, you know, we'll stay in touch for sure. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for having me on, and I'd be glad to come back whenever you want me. All right, man. We'll make that happen. That's awesome. Thanks, Bobo. Okay, man. You guys have a good night. All right. Good night. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you all for being here and being with us. Three-hour show. I didn't intend on that. Didn't know that was going to happen, but it did. Uh, But I hope you all enjoyed it as, as well as I did. I thought it was amazing. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us here on tonight's show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please feel free to follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Paranormal Portal Radio, as well as finding us on Twitter. We're on Twitter at Paranormal Portal, P-O-R-T-L. And uh, we'd love to have you stop by our YouTube page and subscribe and check out our shows there. We got hundreds of shows in our uh, our, our vault of <laughs> journeys into the paranormal portal. So I hope you'll check it uh, check it out, guys. We're over there at YouTube.com/slash Paranormal Portal. So hope to see you guys soon. Uh, we'll be back, of course, for more podcasts in the coming days. So uh, stay tuned. But we love you all. Be good. Be kind. Be nice. Take care of each other. Help each other out. Find the magic in every day and remember to laugh as much as you can. Take care, everybody.